Hi there, it's Ben from the editing room here. Just letting you know that we do have a video version of this podcast available on our YouTube channel at the Encore Offstage Podcast. We include all the pictures we talk about and you can see our lovely faces. So it might help you understand a little bit more about what's going on. Either way, we hope you enjoy this very festive and season finale of the Encore Offstage Podcast. Hello everyone, welcome to the Encore Offstage Podcast with me, Adam. With me, Ben. And me, Lucy. Hello. Hello, guys. Hello, Lucy. Hello, and Archie as well. Archie's here today. Archie's joining us. Oh, We're all back. We are all reunited for the final episode I know. of season one. Um, ben, uh, you look a little bit different. What do you mean? I, 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 I don't think anything's changed. I'm, I'm wearing some new headphones. Sorry? You look like you've had a bad paper round. Uh, no, I'm all right. I don't think anything's really changed. I can't see much. I mean, my background's all no, Christmassy. Nothing's really changed, has it? Well, your face has no. grown like no one's business since in a week. Oh, that's the lockdown effect. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Oh, is that what you call it? Oh, okay. Wait as well, yeah. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. This is what lockdown's done to me. People haven't seen me since March. <laughs> this is what's happened. Yeah, well, I wish I could grow a beard like that. I mean, it's it's very sort of. I, it's I'm very, very full. Do you yeah. use Vidal Sassoon or? Oh, all of it. Just everything. All of it. <laughs> everything all in the world. Of it. I go into boots and just like take it all and just grab it all and walk out. <laughs> and it's all. There we go. Ah, so you're a shoplifting Santa. I got you. Right. Oh, God. Okay. Don't say that. Very no bad Santa. <laughs> bad Santa. And do you come once a year? Uh, y- yes. Ah, okay. Right. Yeah. That's fine. Just thought I'd ask. Yeah, it was, it was good to ask. Um, <laughs> this, as, as I'm sure everyone can tell, this week is our Christmas special because it's Christmas, everybody. Are we all, are we all feeling very festive? Merry Christmas, Arch, isn't it? That's yeah. a great response. I've been finding I keep listening to a lot of um, carols recently. I do... When I was in like the Cathedral Choir, I did miss like all the Christmas services. Like Easter was always a lot more sort of sad for the obvious reasons, but Christmas, everyone went all out. And you get the best songs at Christmas. Oh, you do. All the best songs are at Christmas. Mm. All yeah, the best absolutely. songs. And there's always some new one that comes out, but they can't beat the old ones. Oh, well, the, old, the old ones are so much. That makes me sound ancient. <laughs> the, old, the old tunes are the best well, ones. Well, no, looking at Ben at the minute, I think maybe I think he's a bit older than us, but just been hiding it very well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I hide my age well. I'm old ben, tied down. Are you warm? I'm very hot, yes. Why don't you take your I think I think this should be rocking out till the end of the podcast, but we'll see. We'll see how long uh, I survive for. I shouldn't have said that today. Um, Adam, are you insisting that Santa strips? That's not a very good No, no, no I'm not saying he's strips. family I'm friendly saying... podcast, Adam. <laughs> yeah, all right, okay. Uh, moving swiftly on. <laughs> well, as it's our festive special, we thought we'd talk all about the festive theatre that is a pantomime. Um, Yay! We all love panto. We're, oh, we're no, all... we don't. Oh, God. How did I. Oh, move? yes, we do. <laughs> oh, no, we don't. Oh, yes, we do. Hey. Get three of them, they said. Three See, even the dog's gone. Place. Even the dog's gone. He's better. Yeah, that's my attitude, the same, actually. Um, 
Yes, pantomime. We we've all done panto, haven't we? We've all we're all panto actors. We have. We've all done panto. Uh, how many pantos and have you done? I've done three. You've done three. How many have you done, Lucy? I've also done three as well, but Panto was the first thing that got me properly into Amdram as an adult. Yeah, me A lot of sort of, like, things as a child and then sort of petered off for a few years of my teens, then really got back into it again after doing all my studies. My first Panto was... I've got fond memories. It was at school, Adam. Yeah, it was at school. Yeah, the, the, the English teacher used to do a play once a year. Hmm. And he decided one year to do a panto. And he said to me, he said, Adam, he said, would you consider playing the dame? I said, I don't know what that involves, but yeah, all right, why not? And uh, yeah, yeah. and, and then, then here I am. Not uh, changed much, have you? Not much. Not no, much. Just a little bit of faith there now and again. Yeah, yeah. No, panto was the uh, same thing with me. It was my first adult amateur, and it was in my local village. And it was like my village put on a actually surprisingly good adult amateur panto every year yeah. and I'd seen it growing up as well as seeing the playhouse panto every single year yeah. and um, I remember my mum came to my room one night and said Ben would you like to be in your village panto because oh. they were looking for a young boy to play John Darling in Peter Pan oh yeah Peter Pan yeah uh, so I did that for a year and then did ensemble role the next year and then my last year that I did um, Bandini in Cinderella which was just the most fun you can possibly imagine because yeah. Getting to slap my thigh and run around on stage, love it. <laughs> and then what about the panto? <laughs> <laughs> Very funny. I love the, I when the wig's moving when I when I laugh. It's great. <laughs> I can't remember if I've done five or six pantos. Whoa! Um, but I've been daming every single one. Oh, the dame though. I envy men because I would love to play a dame. I just think you can tell a good panto by how good the dame is. Oh, well, have... In which case, you good job you missed ours then. <laughs> I, I want to see Adam as a dame. It's kind of my thing to see. I want to see you one day as a dame. Oh, lovely. You don't need to worry about seeing me as a dame, love. It's all these little bits and pieces. If you see far too much of me as it is. Oh, it made me think love of that it. South Pacific song for a second. There is nothing like a dame. A dame. <laughs> I, the last panto I did properly, I had to sing, um, uh, was it from, uh, never mind if I find someone like you. Was it, was <laughs> I mixed it with Fernando because for some reason I just came up with this character called Fernando that I missed. So I went, never mind for someone like you, Fernando. Like, <laughs> um, and it was Red Riding Hood as well. So I was sat in a little tiny bed. Uh, with a nightdress on, it was it was hilarious. Um, but yeah, good times, good times. Fantastic. I mean, we, uh, me and Lucy, did some pantos earlier in lockdown. We did some read-throughs. We talked about it last week, didn't we, Lucy? About how I was playing the dame in all of those. So mm. I went full-blown dame makeup. <laughs> it was, it was, it was home. Sorry, you were at home. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> he Stop was doing it he like turned off his I mean, screens. We're all like, "Where's he gone?" And then he just suddenly appeared. In, I like, was going to apologise for being in bed, but you know what? I'm not so bad now. I don't feel so bad about it now. <laughs> I love it. Uh, so yeah, Panto obviously plays a really big part in everyone's Christmas life at theatre. It's not only amazing for audiences; it's a staple of everywhere. Every town's got its sort of staple pantomimes, but it's also the really stable support for actors that they need, and for theatres. The theatres yeah. quite often need Panto to get through the winter. 
Mm. Um, I also love as well how quintessentially British pantos are. Yeah. Oh, yes. Somebody who didn't, who's never seen a panto from another country, they'd just be like, what is going on? I had a, have no idea. Americans well, have no I idea. had a German exchange a couple of years ago that came over around sort of late November, early December time. So it was kind of sort of getting towards panto season. So all the marketing was starting to happen for it. Yeah. He was just walking around Nottingham, seeing all these, ma- all these men dressed as women going, what the <laughs> hell is this country? <laughs> Great. And we had to explain to him what Panto was. He it just, it just, it just didn't understand. <laughs> it's really hard to explain. How, how, how do you explain it? Um, I, oh yeah, that's a good point. How do you define a Panto? It's, it's, well, it, you know, because it's not really, you don't really have like the gender norms in it, do you? Because you'll have like women playing boys, men playing like fabulous ladies. Yeah, you have. You have the leading lady who is a leading boy who is played by a girl, and then a leading lady who's played by a lady, and then you have the dame who's played by a man. You have a good fairy, you have a bad villain. Yeah. You have a comedy duo, probably, or a comedy part. Um, there's usually gunge. Um and songs and dances. Yeah, and it's always a fairy tale. Oh, it's fairy tale. Yeah, fairy tale that's told with this comedic musical fairy tale. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, we. I thought we'd start this week testing your knowledge of pantomime. Right, go on, Em. Okay. So I'm just going to ask questions, and I'll tell you what. We'll do like a buzzer situation here. Okay. You need to chuck your hands up, and I'll come to you. I'll just see it. Yeah, like that. Perfect. Santa's going to come to me with both hands up. Yay! Cool. Perfect. And right. um, keep track of your own scores because I don't have anything to write them down on. Okay. Oh, I'm not doing it if yeah. I have to remember my own my score. Trusty pen and paper here. Oh, flipping it. I've got the dog laying on me. I can't okay. do that right okay, Write it on the dog, Adam. Write it on the dog. Archie, <laughs> okay. okay, so question number one. Ding! Oh, no. Sorry. Not too early. Dean Trot is a main Ding. character in which pantomime? Oh, Adam. Jack and Beanstalk. Correct. Well done, Adam. Look at that. That was literally the first pantomime I was in. So <laughs> that's why I know that one. Okay. King Rat is a traditional character and the main oh, antagonist of which. Uh, it's in Dick Whittington, isn't it? It is Dick Whittington. Hey. Well done, Lucy. I'll let that. you have that one, Lucy. I'll let you have that one. <laughs> okay. What is the name of the princess that marries Aladdin? Ding! Yes, Adam. Jasmine. Yes, well done. Okay. Ah, all right. Oh, God, this beer's getting really annoying now. <laughs> who was the male servant in Cinderella's household oh, who helped buttons. her? Correct. Bottom. <laughs> Come on, keep going. Come on. What is the name of the fairy in Peter Pan? Ding! Tinkerbell. Yes. Correct. How many years should Sleeping Beauty sleep? Unless her spell is broken. Oh, ding! A hundred. Ding! ding. Oh. Well done, Lucy. A hundred, correct. <sighs> uh, what does the giant in the Jack and the Beanstalk smell after crying? Oh, Oh, who was first? I don't know. I think Adam put his hand up first, and then he shouted ding, and he shouted ding. So, Adam. The blood of an Englishman. He smells the blood of an Yes, correct. Well done. Okay. In which popular pantomime... Does Maid Marion appear? Ding, oh, ding, 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 ding. So Lucy had Robin Hood, but Adam, what are you going to say? Babies in the Wood. Correct. 
Ah. <laughs> I've lost my score. I'm so excited. I forgot. Yeah. I forgot. You should write it down. It's fine. Okay. You're winning. Don't name, worry. What is the name of Aladdin's mother? Ding. Yes. We don't drink it. Correct. <laughs> I'm getting really nervous. Which pantomime may also be known by the name Little Briar Rose? Oh, ding! I know this. It's yes. Sleeping Beauty. It is Sleeping Beauty. Oh, well done. Well done. That was the original. Um, name. That was the original name of the fairy tale before she became Sleeping Beauty, ah. which is why the Rose in the Disney film. To sort of allude to the original Briar Rose. Ah, that makes a lot more sense now. Gotcha. What title is given to the leading male role in a pantomime usually played oh, by a woman? Ding! That yes. would be Principal Boy. It is, of course. Which pantomime character marries Alice Fitzwarren? Ding? Adam. Dick Whittington? Correct. Oh! We're getting harder. We are getting harder. Okay. The story of Snow White yes. was first published in the 19th century in which country? Ding. Oh, ding! Adam was first on my screen. Germany. Correct. Ah, oh, I knew that one as well. What is the name of Cinderella's father? Mr. No, I know I knew this because I did it quite recently. Oh, I've done this panther as well before and I don't know. Oh, oh, um, um, oh, um, oh. Ding? Yes. Baron Hardup? Correct. Oh, yes, well done. Well done. The earliest mention of which pantomime character dates back to 1650 in France when Jean Laurette Mentioned Ooh, that in his book, La Muse Historique. Yes, Lucy. Cinderella. Uh, it's not. Wow. Can you say it again? Say the question again. I can. The earliest mention of which panto character dates back to 1650 in France when Jean Laurette mentioned her in his book, La Muse Historique. Oh. It's not what I expected, actually, on this one. Um, reluctant ding? Yeah. The only other one I can think of would be um, Sleeping Beauty, because those oh. were two classic French ones. Is it, it's not the dame, is it? It's a dame, but what dame? Uh, not dame trot. No, do you want me to tell you? Yes, please. Mother Goose. Oh, of course, Mother Goose! Oh. Forgot about Mother Goose. That elusive matron goose. The pantomime that no one ever does at the moment. Yeah. Mr. Smee is a character in which pantomime? Ding! Oh, ding, 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 ding! Adam. He's a pan. What's that? Correct. Okay. Adam's getting the up on you, Lucy. I know, he's crushing it. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> Who made his stage debut in 1780? and became best known for his development of the modern-day white-faced clown, which was popular in so many pantomimes. Ding? Yes. Marcel Marceau? No. 
What year was it then? 1780. Oh, it's only the year. Um... Like that helps. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I honestly can't think. Do you want me to tell you? Yeah, that's unless Adam's gonna have a you're gonna have a uh, I'm, gonna have a, wild, I'm gonna have a wild stab in the dark. It's not Harlequin, is it? No. No. Joseph Glimaldi. Oh, oh Glimaldi! Oh the clown. Yeah. Got that in a million years. Uh, <laughs> no, I never got it. I know you said his name. I was like, oh okay, yeah, but yeah. What does Cinderella's fairy godmother turn into a coach? Uh, ding, oh, ding, 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 ding. Adam's got their first. Pumpkin. Correct. Oh, this, this is getting always right, but she's just like a second behind. Right, I'll let you have some, Lucy. Catch up. <laughs> no, don't let That's me have got the last four questions now. Last four. I'll let you have two. <laughs> Who is Princess Aurora, also known as? Oh, dang. Yes, Sleeping Lucy. Beauty. You're correct. Well I'm getting all the Sleeping Beauty ones. 21. I have which, which two, so if you're not careful... Complete the line. Mirror, mirror on the wall. Ding! Who's yes. the fairest of them all? Correct. Right, those are two you've had. I'm not giving you any more. <laughs> Who in 2017 achieved the Lifetime Achievement Award at the Great British Pantomime Awards? Oh. Ding? Oh. Adam. Kenneth Alan Taylor, is it? No. Oh. No. Unfortunately, more no. well known than that. Oh, 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 ding, 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 Adam. ding. Christopher Biggins. Correct. Oh, I couldn't think the full name, yeah. Which panto centres on the struggle between good and evil as experienced by Gerda and her friend Kai? The blank faces. Gerda? I thought that was a cheese. <laughs> I thought it was a type of pylon. <laughs> Gerda and her friend who? Kai. Kai. Um, reluctant ding. I'm going to guess Hansel and Gretel or something like that. Not, no, not Hansel oh. and Gretel. Yes, Adam? Uh, Babes in the Wood? No. Oh. no Do you want me to that. tell you? No, no, no. Oh. Um, is surrendering. It's not, it's not Mother Goose, is it? No. No. It's not actually a panto I've seen done recently, so I don't know how well known it is. Which panto is based, the story of which uh, Which panto centres on the struggle between good and evil as represented by Gerda and her friend Kai? Gerda and Kai. Gerda, Gerda. No, don't know. Oh, ding! Yes. Is it the Snow Queen? It is the Snow Queen. Oh, that was a good one. Well done, Lucy. I just suddenly remembered it's the two children. Yeah. And I was just like, I remembered the boy with the glass. And I was like, yes, I think I know this one. Oh, God, Lucy. Final question. Oh, is this worth any points? No, because it's really oh. easy. Okay. A witch living in a gingerbread house features in which pantomime? Ding! Oh, ding! <laughs> oh, Adam. Hansel and Gretel. It is Hansel and Gretel. So. Lucy, it falls to you to reveal the winner. Was it yourself or was it Adam? I think we all know who won we that one. <laughs> <laughs> Adam, you're 
Adam with a stonking 13. 13! Wow! 13, Ooh, yeah. Well done. So, I mean, do you, do you get 10, Lucy? No, I got eight. Because <laughs> there was two we didn't get. Oh, there were two you didn't oh, get. Oh, yeah. no. Oh. That was awesome. That was awesome quiz, that was. Well, well that was done, a guys. Good quiz. Well done, Ben. That was well done. Well, I think we have reached a point in which we can now move on to some Panther stories. Oh, now we, yes. now we have asked all our lovely listeners and viewers to send in their Panther stories, and we have received quite a few. Cool. So I don't know how we want to do this. Do we want to like? just read them out and talk about them? Or do we want to rank them in order of best Panto story? Maybe. Shall we read them out? Shall we read them out? Because there's, there's mm, quite a lot. Then. There are quite a few. Okay. Lucy, do you want to start with one of yours? Okie So my first one comes from listener Lindsay. Which one's this one? Put that on there. And she said, my favourite Panto story is when the man playing buttons ran into the forest thinking it was his kitchen scene and started talking about being in the kitchen at the manor. This was Cinderella. <laughs> Everyone was panicking wildly and I was wondering where the Baroness was so she could call him off. However, she wasn't around, so I did an impression of her to shout him off. Literally the <laughs> quickest thinking I have ever done. And bless him, as soon as I did that, he realised what he'd done and scarpered. Then I pranced back on, ready for my forest song scene. <laughs> Very quick thinking Cinderella there. Nice. Brilliant. I like it. I like it a lot. Well done. <laughs> I always think Panto is one of those ones where you've got to have very quick improv skills because there's always something that's going to go wrong. Something goes wrong. Always. But the thing is, it's so hectic. You're just like, yeah, just go with it. Mm. And the th- and the, the very beauty of Panto is that even if it does go wrong, the audience love it. Oh, the yeah. amount of times where the mess up is always the funniest thing in oh, the Panto. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know you get it wrong, and it goes and it gets funnier laughs and the jokes in the show. Yeah, I remember one Panto I did. The woman fluffed up a line and she said something inadvertently rude. And the whole cast just burst out laughing. We just <laughs> she didn't realise what she'd done. Brilliant. Brilliant. Right, what other stories have we got? Well, we've got, I've got one here of um, uh, my very good family friend, Liz, has sent this in. And uh, so she says that they were in uh, a panto foyer at the Palace Theatre in Newark uh, for a traditional yearly panto trip. And Can I just start. Just pause Sorry. for one second. Yeah. I've just realised your beard's above your nose. It is. Yeah. He's so Me used too. to wearing a mask. There now. we go. That's. I don't like that. I can see too much of my face. But all I'm <laughs> sorry, but it was bugging me. I'm sorry, but it was really bugging me. Sorry. Right. Sort it out. There we go. He's <laughs> just got a little tiny gap here, like a letterbox. A letterbox. Um, for any of those who are not watching the video version, which there is a video version of this podcast on YouTube, for our listeners, you will have missed that um, that little thing. Um, so yeah, sorry. So they were sitting in the in, a, in, a, in the foyer of the Palace Theatre in Newark, and I remember they approached our table and asked if there are any men in the group who are up for a laugh. And you can imagine where this is going. Um, and she replied that her, her husband was. Now her husband is um, 
probably didn't want to be going up onto doing anything like that. It's not the most doesn't enjoy getting involved in things too much, I don't think. So the men weren't there at the time, they'd gone off. So she asked the member of staff, asked for seat numbers and his name, and that was that. So they're watching this pantomime, and the dame and buttons get to the scene where they're trying to make a cake. And they ended up getting an assistant, who of course was this guy, who gets dragged up out of the seat onto the stage. And um, you can imagine the chaos that ensued with um, squirty cream everywhere. The dame fell in love with him, of course. Um, but I just love that this audience, just this um, this idea of just just nominating somebody else to be embarrassed for yeah. a minute. It's great. It's it's, it's thing all of, things. That's the thing about Panto is it's again people are more up for stuff at Panto than they are at any other mm. time in theatre and. Mm. Even musicals, people are like, oh no, I'll just sit here in the audience. I'm not supposed to be interacted with. Whereas in the panto, just like, yeah, just go for it, shout anything out you like, heckle. Um, I, think, I think the only musical theatre exceptions that I've personally seen are Avenue Q and Rocky Horror. Yeah. People who go to see those do seem a lot more into sort of like the participation. But yeah, Panther is definitely the one where you could just drag someone off, embarrass them. <laughs> I, I just love that it's sort of pre-nominated in this in this case. So the person got to the side beforehand and didn't tell her husband. It just happened. It was all planned. It's, it's brilliant. I've <laughs> never been up on a Panto stage other than being in the show. When I've ever seen it, I've never been, or anyone I know has ever been called up. I, I have a Panto story of my own. Ooh, Ooh do you tell? Uh, many, many, many years ago, back in days when uh, um, when I was little. Uh, Archie, do you mind? Excuse me, we're in the middle of a podcast. Do you mind? Thank you. Sorry about that. I got interrupted by the dog. Um, <laughs> I was young enough. Back in the days when days of old or nights of old and all that, uh, I used to be little. And uh, I went up on stage. Um, the Theatre Royal in Nottingham mm. uh, with Little and Large. Um, ben will not know Little and Large. No, I don't. I'd be surprised if Lucy knows Little and Large. I do know Little and Large, yeah. Yeah, Little and Large. Um, they were basically a double act in the 90s and the 80s. Um, ben. Don't you raise there, Adam. Thanks. Um, I'm just going to do 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 do. Um, so- <laughs> Well, so we went up on stage and they asked us the questions and they brought out a table of bells uh, for us to ring at certain points in a song. You know, the song, song sheet, part show. Um, and I, they're all face down. So everybody's ringing the bells and I picked mine up. Mine's not got a dinger in it. Um, which I was like, oh, I didn't, I didn't realise. So of course, done that. And then they get everybody off stage and they give everybody a a little bag, a little goodie bag, apart from me. And I didn't realise it was so they could keep me on stage to talk to me a bit longer. But I then start to walk off the stage thinking they've run out of goodie bags. So I just went to go. And they're like, no, come back, come back, quick, don't go, don't go. Um, But no, that's one of my standout memories of of Panto, um, of being on stage at Panto. Uh, It was probably the earliest memory I've got of Panto. Um, uh, so yeah, very good, very good fun, uh, and lots of fun. Brilliant. Again, it's one of the things about song sheets is 
again, you, it's one of the chances for you to just just have a chat and just find mm-hmm. you know wait for some kids to say something funny. Um, but when oh, I do, when I do panto, when I do Damon's panto, I get adults up as well, and they don't have a choice. I don't pre-pick them; I just get them up. <laughs> um, because, you know, especially if I, you know, like, oh, come on, love, come up here, come with me. Like this, you look, yeah, you look like you've not done enough. Come on, you need some exercise. Off you come. <laughs> um, and stuff like that is is great um, because again, people just get stuck into it and they love it. Uh, so yeah, that's one story I've got. Anybody else? Any other stories you've got, Lindsay? Well, I've got one from listener Emily. Because your friend was called Lucy, and I've called you Lindsay. No, hang on. <laughs> your friend was called Lindsay. You're co- oh, fudge me. <laughs> <sighs> it's a great take. I do. I do that all the time as oh, well with people. Sorry, Lindsay. <laughs> and, and, and carry on. Carry on. So, right. listener Emily has submitted. This one for her panto story. I was playing Rapunzel, and when Rapunzel finds out that the dame was her daughter, that she was the dame's daughter, I had to hug the dame. However, one of his ball ball earrings got caught in my wig, so we had to cuddle until the lights went down on that scene. You had a really good, like, costume malfunction story a few weeks I back. I did. Story. Yeah, I talked about this on the podcast quite quickly, so I'll just go with Bradham, who might not have heard it. I was doing, uh, I was doing Cinderella a couple of years ago, playing Dandini, and I had these boots that had these massive, big metal soles on the bottom, nice. sort of a leather top. And I had to, we, had, we didn't have sound effects, so I had to knock on the floor three times, make a, uh, make a knocking on the door. Yeah. I whacked this floor so hard one night that the bottom of my metal sole came away from the, sort of the heel of the leather boots, all just sort of flapping around. Yeah, yeah. And on the curtain call, you obviously know a panther, you've got a big staircase to walk out in the front and yeah. two little side staircases to get up onto the, the back sort of backstage staircases. Yeah. So being Dandini, I sprint up the staircase to go sort of do my sort of, here I am kind of thing, my run, my run on. As I'm running up this little tiny staircase, the bottom of the heel that's flapping around the big soul gets caught oh, under no. one of the stairs, oh, rips no. the rest of the shoe off, and I just go flying straight into the into the set and on the staircase, stand up, take the bow and walk down. Fine. But I later find out it's the night they recorded it. Oh no. But somewhere I have the recording of me crap falling. It's just great. Like, you sort of see me go, what the hell? And then sort of gather myself and carry on with the show. But, it's uh, some sad floor, isn't it? The one night the film is always it's going to be the one where there's yeah. something chaotic happens. Because for that one, I had the tightest leather trousers. It was so conscripted. I couldn't do anything as I was tripping. So I was just... Perfect. <laughs> perfect cool. Sorry. Yeah. You had the tightest leather trousers? I Right. I was given these. I did not... Let me find a picture. I did not... I, I was not... Oh, there's a picture evidence as well. Excellent. Okay, well, I was not given any form of sort of uh, coaching or sort of told, ah, oh, this is what's going to happen. So it ended up looking, can you see that? Oh my <laughs> So I look like that. You look, you look slightly sort of in pain from them as well. I was. You look like yeah. Ross from Friends in that episode where you can't get him back on again. I have not seen Friends, so I will not understand that reference. Okay, right. <laughs> oh, that's oh, uh, oh, I remember when I was playing Jack in a panto, 
because um, I was originally playing um, this mad old toff in it because I was doing my I was doing my finals for my ACA qualifications. So pretty stressful, and I was like, yeah. you know what? I don't don't want a big part. I just want to do a fun, silly one, and then I can do ensemble for the first half before I do this little small part. But the lady playing Jack ended up becoming pregnant, so obviously you can't have a pregnant Jack on stage. So in the end, they were like, do you want to do? Do you want to take over? So I was like, yeah, okay, I'll take over. And they, for the final act, sort of, you get into your wedding gear and they were like, we've got these for you. I'm not kidding you. They were the smallest pair of hot pants I've ever seen. <laughs> and I took one look at these. Now, for clarification, I'm about five foot nine and a size 14. These hot pants were for all the prior principal boys who had all been, yeah, those weren't the hot pants, thank God. They, well, they were weren't. They were indecent, these silver hot pants. And they were like, well, every other principal boy's won them. And I was like, yes, because every other principal boy was about five foot four and a size eight. It probably went over my thigh. And I was like, I'm not wearing this. <laughs> but luckily, I do pole dancing as a hobby. So I was like, I'll wear my own silver hot pants. Thank you. Unless they cover everything. <laughs> the last pants I did was Sleeping Beauty. And um, I was the cook and came out and th this was done by a, um, how can I describe it? It's a drama school, but they, they have an adult section for people that just want to do like basic drama classes. Okay. And they decided to do a panto for some reason, unbeknownst to me. And the lady who ran the class, she said, we've got every other part filled apart from the dame. Can you come and do the dame? Yeah, sure. All right. So I came along to rehearsal. Every single rehearsal, we were, we were in fits of stitches um, because I was making stuff up as I go along. And of course, everybody else who weren't used to performing uh, was just laughing at the jokes. So we're doing all that. And we get to the actual show week. And I was like, what are we going to do? Because they had no budget, no budget whatsoever. Okay. And so how are we going to do the costumes? And the lady runs, she goes, well, I'm a ballroom dancer. She goes, I've got some dresses. Well, there's somewhere on the internet, there's one of me in this lime green dress, right? And a bright pink, I managed, I bought the wigs, bright pink Afro wig, right? And, or it might've been a, like a sweetie wig. And it was cut down. It was open back, right? <laughs> so all the way down to my bum cheeks, there's this <laughs> open back dress of me, a bright, luminous green, lime green dress. So I, I thought, well, I can't just have an open back. So I made out I got a tattoo and I just drew a big smiley face on my back. As I turned <laughs> and all the dresses were, were her. And I was like, but I was worried. I was like, how do they fit me? I'm not the thinnest of people, but I'm like this. This lycra must be. This must be super lycra, because um, I don't. I did. You know, I'd got flamenco dresses. I'd got hello. You know, Hawaiian dresses, cooks things, all sorts of stuff. But this one dress, I remember thinking, I as soon as I walked, I remember somebody I knew being in the audience on the first night, and I could hear them at the back of the theatre wetting themselves laughing. 
at me in this dress because I don't think they'd ever seen me on a panto before. But, oh, just some of the costumes are wonderful. But you just go, ah, oh. yeah. I, I first, first ever costume I ever wore was uh, Jerry Halliwell theme. So it was red, white and blue, um, knee-high stockings and a, and a ginger wig. Uh, and I called myself Old Spice. Um, and it was it was great. It was <laughs> some some wonderful wonderful costumes and ideas. But oh, when they when they go wrong, they go wrong. When they go wrong, they go spectacularly they wrong. They go spectacularly wrong. Well, yeah. in in that vein, Adam, I do have a little confession to make. What? what um, so I'm just trying to get them up now. But whilst I'm doing this, I was just going to show you two more pictures from my last panto days. Yes, please. Yes. Um, which I'll get them up. That one there. Which you can see just how quite how tight these number trousers actually are. Um, have you not? Have they look like they're sprayed on? They literally they were every night. I was either that them on. or they've done a Catwoman and sewn him in. I was going to say. Just. I was going to say uh, Michelle Pfeiffer would be, be jealous of them. And then, um, of course, because it's traditional panto, that happened as well. Oh, yes. <laughs> Good old so, pie cream. Good old pie cream. If, if you're not, yeah. But the problem with that one was, that was actual shaving foam. Oh, yes. So it went in my eyes, and my eyes oh. were covered. Oh. Yeah, that was, that was a fun one. But um, this, Adam, I oh, have to tell you. Yep. Uh, I have been sent by my amazing drama teacher, uh, Joe Wilson, has sent me some of these pictures, because you have done quite a few shows with her. Yeah, I have, out. yes, yes. So I will be, I'm allowed to share this on social media, I've been told. It's an amazing picture of yes. Adam as a Dame. It is indeed, yes, me, one, one yes. Um, how young are you? How young am I? That was, I'm trying to think back now, that would be at least 10 years ago, so I would have been a mid-20s. It looks so much, well, is that a bad thing to it say? It is a fantastic wig. But that's, that's an well, amazing costume. It's got, you can't see it, but there's a red ruby gem in the middle of it as well. Uh, and Tim, Tim, who is always my sister, we, we, it was, what was it? It was Taylor of Radcliffe was the, uh, was the panto. Uh, ladies, um, uh, mozzarella and uh, I was Mrs. Mozzarella. And I can't remember the name of my sister. Um, I think it was something like Barbarella or something like that. Um, and yes, and as you can see, I have ample bosom. Uh, for those for those that can't see the, see the picture, I have ample bosom, and I was very chuffed with that bosom. Um, as you can see, the pearls go into the into the cleavage uh, very well. But what you can see also, because of the dress, I had to have um, uh, braces to keep the dress up. Oh um, God, yeah, yeah. So I had to wear uh, the what I haven't got on there is my hoop skirt, so that went under the dress, and then the dress had the 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 braces on over the top. Um, I don't know if I've got I've got a picture of me as a dame if I can find it somewhere. If you would like to see a different version of me as a dame, oh yes, definitely. Um, okay. But yes, thank you to Miss Orson. Awesome yes, thank you, thank you, thank you, yeah, yeah. I I miss her. I miss her a lot. We did loads of shows together. Um, definitely quite a few actually. Different oh, did, oh, did she, oh. Well, no, she, she sent me um, this amazing one, she's just her, unfortunately, no Adam in this. Oh, um, I'm not sure, can you tell, is that the same show? It might have been, actually. It might have been, I wouldn't so, be surprised if it was. That's a pretty amazing panto costume. 
I trust him. Kind of like the either sort of the prince or sort of the traditional sort of wedding finale kind of costume. Yeah, very nice. Absolutely. Very well, as I promise, I've got one here of me uh, in uh, uh, in uh, what's the what's the word uh, in in proper gear. Now this outfit, uh, I will show you first. Uh, is one of my favourite panto costumes. I can't share. Can I share my screen, please? So I can oh, show you my picture. How do I allow you to do that? Uh, oh, I don't know. There we do, go. There uh, we go. Okay. Share the... Share what? The... What? How? Uh. There you go. Thank Put you. There we go. Here we go. Oh, oh wow. wow. So this was, this was Red Riding Hood, the panto Red Riding Hood. For those that can't see the picture, uh, it is a beautiful... Red frilly dress, red and gold. Uh, I've got a pearl necklace on, uh, red and white pearls, uh, red and and a big pompal thing on the top. This was actually Les Dennis's panto dress. Oh, really? It was indeed. When he did panto, this was his dress. Oh, wow. The, the lady who sorted the costumes out for us, she knew some contacts and she managed to get me some fabulous dresses. And this was me as Granny Knot in Red Riding Hood. Um, and uh, the high heels, uh, I had to practice wearing the high heels. Um, and when somebody who I now know, didn't know me at the time, um, was friends with the MD and they went, why is the MD friends with a 60 year old woman? Um, <laughs> and they didn't realize, I was, this is again back when I was like mid twenties, late twenties. Uh, as you can see, I look very young. Uh, and the, la the song that we had to dance to was Lady in Red. And, <laughs> Hence, Lady and I Red. I mean, that is a phenomenal costume. I can't stop looking at the hat, though. That hat is fantastic. That hat is amazing. Mm. It, and of course, I'm wearing a wig under it as well. You must have been boiling in that. It was roasting. Mm. Absolutely right. And again, ample bosom. <laughs> um, I'm very proud of my ample bosom. Um, and the, the, you can't see very well, but the nail varnish as well. I used to wear multicolored nail varnish. And I used to go and get into town and uh, go to various shops, obviously out of costume. And uh, I'd pay with, I'd pay the money, and uh, they say, "Oh, yeah, look at my the nail varnish. Oh, like your nails." I'm like, "Yeah, I'm Panto Dame." And they're like, "Oh," and that's how I used to sell tickets. It's <laughs> <laughs> just where they keep the nail varnish on during the day. It was great. <laughs> She thought that you were a sixty-year-old woman. Yeah, from a distance. I, was, I said to them, "I said you also need your eyes." Must need your eyes testing. I said, came and the did you not think that the guy who plays the dame was actually a young bloke? And they're like, No, I just you were convincing as an old woman. I'm like, Oh, thanks, dear, thanks. I remember, I remember when I did the Jack Panto, I had these little girls, they were like, they kept sort of staring at me, and I was like, Why are they staring at me? And they came over to me and they were like, Does everyone else know? That you're not a boy and I, <laughs> and I just went no I was like they all think I'm a boy so shh keep it keep it shum. I was like they all think I'm a man so just pretend and they were like oh, okay <laughs> I think little kids are just the best Brilliant. So funny. what's your favorite song sheet song oh I do think I think like coming round the mountain is always yeah. a good is always a good go-to tune Daisy well, Day, Sorry. Daisy, Daisy, give me your answer, do. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. a good one. Oh, I was like, worm, worm at the bottom of my garden. 
Yes. Oh, I've not that's, heard that song in years. <laughs> that, that's that's the Nottingham Playhouse classic. That one. Yeah. I used I didn't used to do um, songs. I used to do a dance uh, oh. to the tune of to the tune of uh, heads, shoulders, knees, and toes. Um, oh yeah, we used to we, do that for like um yeah like an intermission for the spooky scene. Yeah, wigs, knickers, bras, and socks. It was called. <laughs> of course it was. Of course it was. Um, and of course, taking taking them out and trying to do the the moves as as the MDs getting faster and faster. Uh, it was it was always uh, challenging, shall we say? <laughs> yeah. And I think the people who construct the set well as well are, you know, just geniuses. We had a guy called Barry who used to do all the set building for some of the pantos, and he was phenomenal. You just, I just don't know how they do it. And I'm just there messing up the painting. <laughs> <laughs> Bless you. Well, ah, it's just some cracking memories, cracking, cracking, uh, cracking stories that people have got. It's great. Well, I, I have one story for my partner. So we, in fact, our first date, actually, I came straight from a dress rehearsal. So I still had all of my panto makeup on and all of my lower bits because I couldn't be bothered to take them off. So I just shoved on, <laughs> just shoved on a different <laughs> I'm off, I'm late for a date, see ya. So, I mean, three years on and he's still dating me. So oh, bless him. But, I, I have a slightly, just from just from that, I have a date-related story with Panto. I, I, I invited two girls to a Panto um, and I didn't realise they both came on the same night. <gasps> oh, no. <laughs> that was awkward. Uh, <laughs> Oh dear. And I was backstage and the people were like, what are you going to do? I'm going, I don't know, I don't know. I've got to act to think about it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I bet that made for awkward dates afterwards. Slightly. Slightly awkward. <laughs> well, I remember, I remember getting Daniel involved because he started off doing sort of like a bit of lighting behind shows and then yeah. we needed people to do sort of, well, we needed like an assistant stage manager all he thought, though, they were like, oh, you'll be in charge of curtains. And I remember he came up to me and he was like, that's the easiest job in the world. He was like, open one curtain, wait till interval, close it again, open it for the second act. And I just looked at him and I was like, you do realise that we use several curtains for each scenery. I said, how do you think we change scenery so quickly? And then they handed him his own script and they're like, here's your headphones, learn this script for your cues. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, fair play to him. He did a great job, although he nearly messed up one of the scenes in Cinderella because the transformation was happening and he was so involved in it. He was like getting all the orders to people and he hadn't, op he hadn't changed the curtain to reveal the carriage. He just left it on the borrowed seat. So at the last second he was the only time I've ever helped out backstage at Panto was at the Nottingham Arts Theatre and I, I, they asked me to do <laughs> they had the song sheet lyrics hanging from the ceiling and it was my job to lower them and pull them back up again and I said yeah sure why not well it was so heavy <laughs> So heavy, and then there was one night I couldn't pull them up, and it was like one side, and they were, and they made a big joke out of it. And I was like, "Somebody help me, please!" I was trying to pull as hard as possible. Oh, that was funny. Oh, great fun! 
Right. Have we got any more stories, Lucy, on that list? I do have a couple of stories. So listener Lucy has submitted a couple to us. In Treasure Island, Baza forgot what scene it was and got changed too early. So I had to stall for a minute on my own, just talking to the audience until he came back on. <laughs> Her other story was, my fairy dress burst open at the back in the finale. I had to shuffle off awkwardly backwards so no one would see. Oh, wow. Jeez. I know, oh, I would absolutely die if that happened to me. And then her husband hasn't escaped though. She said, my husband had to buy new pants from Primark because the trousers Panto gave him as the only male chorus member left very little meat and veg to the imagination. <laughs> I mean, oh, you know, I no. many a man would like that kind of brag to be quite honest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, oh, I told you, costumes are interesting. Costumes are always the best for the panto. Ah, oh, some cracking panto stories there, guys. Wonderful. I, I think, sorry, Lucy, go ahead. I was going to say, I remember for one of these pantos with her husband, he was meant to be my dance partner for one scene. So my first ever panto, they were like, right, here's your dance partner. But one of the, the man playing the king, unfortunately, had a medical like emergency so he stepped in at the last minute so opening night he stepped in as king and i'd obviously learned this dance everyone's got partners and i was like hang on who's going to be my partner so in the end i just stood in the middle everyone else stood, i just mirrored it dancing <laughs> i was going like the clappers because i was doing both sides of the dance Brilliant. And then at the end, my little medieval sausage fell down like a necklace, and I was like, just pushed it back up again. So my hair was like this. <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh, great. But yeah, he was incredible, though. He stepped in. I don't know how he learned all those lines for that opening night. He was phenomenal. So fair, fair play to him for stepping in because it was a big role to fill. That's it looked hilarious, blessed, because like the Julie, lovely woman playing the queen, is obviously sort of like many years older than <laughs> so it's just the juxtaposition of a very young king with his older wife. <laughs> <laughs> older wife. Oh, well, I think um, we should move on to the next section because earlier on in the year, uh, when we spoke to Tom Hopcroft, we spoke to Tom about pantomime, and here's what he had to say. So we have another special guest on our Panto podcast special, and we have a Kylie with us today. Unfortunately, it's not Hello. Kylie Minogue. Or oh, yes, it's a bit deep voice for the Kylie you were all expecting. Um, we have Tom Hopcroft back. Hello, Tom. Hello, how are you doing? Hello. Oh, good, mate. Good to see you again. Yeah, how And uh, you are involved as Kylie, the one of the ugly sisters in the Nottingham Playhouse, Panto Cinderella, is that right? I am, yes. yes. My first Tell us a little bit more about that. Uh, well, I guess after kind of such a crap year, um, once, let, me, let me start that again. Let no, you say that's fine. Right, keep it in, keep it in, keep going, keep going. I suppose <laughs> after such a crap year, not going to play house, I've had such an amazing glimmer of hope at the end of Tunnel by finally, by, by kind of bringing back the classic not going to play house panto that's a massive staple in Nottingham's Christmas tradition. Um, and yeah, I was, I've been really lucky enough to be cast in it. 
I've never done a panto before. Um, obviously, being from Nottingham, that was the playhouse I watched growing up as a kid. And I'm playing my first ever Dame. So when uh, it did make me laugh when the audition came through, um, <laughs> I went to see one of my best mates play Prince Charming in the panto at the Liverpool Empire last year. And mm. I'm playing a dame <laughs> in, <laughs> in my first panto. And my agent did say, well, we didn't expect you to play a dame just yet. Um, but yeah, so it's happening. It's happening. You must be one of the youngest dames. Yeah, I think I am. I Yeah, I, yeah, I thought that as well. Yeah, yeah. But that's, mate, that's, that it, it, I, I, from personal experience, being dame is one of the one of the best experiences in panto. Yeah, you've been a so dame you, for a panto that I did. Um, yes, at Bingham. Yes, that's right. When yeah. you were, about you were uh, eleven or twelve. Yeah, yeah, yeah probably yeah, about eleven years ago. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Now you're twenty three. You just made it feel how old I am. <laughs> um, so obviously, with there uh, with Cinderella, and we've done pantos together as well. Yeah. Has that experience, I'm not saying the experience with me, because that's just horrific, but has any of the experience that you've had with amateur dramatics pantos help with the professional panto? Yeah, of course. You know, um, panto is panto. And um, mm. and kind of, you know, having seen panto scripts before, knowing how pantos work, knowing the classic panto jokes of taking mix out of local towns, all that stuff. Mm. Um but I guess also being from the area that where the panto is also helps because um, in our panto this year, you know, there's loads of uh, local humour um, kind of taking the mick out of different local things and being from around here it kind of helps because I, I know it all and I get it all. Yeah. yeah. And it's a social distance panto, is that right? Yeah, that is right. That's bang on. So uh, not just yeah. we're having social distance in the audience, but we're also socially distanced on stage. So uh, none of us are allowed within two meters of each other, um, okay. which is, you know, different. Um, yeah. I, I don't think we've quite figured out how we're going to do uh, Cinderella and the Prince kissing, but that's, that's <laughs> yeah, we'll figure yeah. it out. Should be interesting. Yeah, figure I mean, that one out. Unprecedented. I hate that word. <laughs> like, you know, it's never been, it's never, we've never had to do any sorts of shows under these circumstances before. So Shall we're we going to figure it out. Experimental. Experimental. Yeah. Is that, I is hate, that way we go? Yeah. Yeah. So we'll wait and see. I, I think it's really exciting to kind of, oh, to be honest, it feels amazing to be part of something that feels important. It feels really important this year after everything that's happened to be doing a panto, you know, the kids of Nottingham and be able to give them a little bit of just escapism for an hour whenever they come just to forget about all the rubbish that's happened this year, that all them not being able to go to school, not seeing their friends. And just for an hour, give them pure fun, humour, escapism, exactly what theatre should be. Um, so it feels great to be something, part of something that feels so important and urgent, you know. Do you have a favourite panto? Do I have a favourite panto? Um, Cinderella, of course. Of course, of course. Yeah, just for the disclaimer at the bottom there. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's a good answer. Yeah, Cinderella. And, and working with John as the dame. Yeah, um, that must be um, eye-opening. Yeah, I mean, it's a bit of a, what dreams are made of sort of thing, really. You know, I watched John as the Dame growing up. Um, so to be able to kind of work alongside him now is is amazing, and especially as my first Dame. Kind of everything he does, kind of make note of, because he's yeah. just, he's brilliant and he's so effortless and 
yeah, he's 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 great to watch and to and to learn from. So, uh, yeah, as you said, it's going to be a huge eye opener for me for the next few months and getting into live shows. That's going to be, you know, I'm sure it's going to go even up up even up another notch. What do you think it is about Panto that endures for so long? Why do you think everyone goes to see it? It's, it's like a British institution to go and see a Panto at Christmas. I'm just interested in what what your sort of why you think that's we still we still have it and why it's so popular even now. Yeah, I guess it's that thing, isn't it, where Pantos are. It's the cliche, but it's true. Perfect for the whole family. It's silly enough that the kids love it. Um, it's magical enough that the kids kind of can't believe it um but i think there's also a lot of nostalgia for adults about pantos you know there's kind of like you remember seeing your first pano how it made you feel um and the good pantos like pantos at the playhouse will have humor for all ages as well you know they'll have the little uh nuance uh innuendos and whatnot that make the adults feel part of the fun as well um yeah. and i guess also we're a country so steeped in tradition that Panto just feels like a huge, like a massive part of that theatrical tradition, and yeah, as you say, I don't, I couldn't quite put my finger on why, but a Christmas without Panto just feels weird, doesn't it? It would, it feels wrong. It does feel wrong. There's something so British and brilliant about about Panto that yeah, it's just it's so kind of embedded in us to go and watch Panto. I think that's that's why it's so brilliant that the Playhouse is able to to put on a panto this year because it is a, a year without especially the playhouse panto which is it for, for us nottingham it is an institution it's every single year to go and see it. i mean i've seen it since i was two same thing same panto every single year and um so it's brilliant you're able to to, to put something on for totally and you know what hats off to the playhouse for sticking their neck out in a way and doing it when i think that you know i think there were there's, there can't be more than ten theatres in the whole of the UK that are putting on pantos this year, um, or the kudos pant or the kudos theatres aren't, which is most of the theatres in the UK. Um, so good on the Playhouse for sticking the neck out and saying, you know what, we'll do it, and kind of taking that risk in a way, um, because they know how worth it is not just for them but for the people of Nottingham as well. Well, thank you, Tom. Thank you so much for popping in and telling us thank about Thanks. Uh, Thanks about Cinderella. And, and have a uh, merry Christmas. You too. Have a lovely Christmas. And I hope Santa brings you everything that you want, as opposed to, you know, like the 1st of January 2021. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah. it's good to see you again, my friend. And we'll speak to you Thank again you. soon. Speak to you soon. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. So thank you, Tom, for speaking to us about pantomime. Uh, since we, we did record that, some things have changed about Cinderella. Uh, you can now watch Cinderella in three ways. You can watch it on demand. Uh, which is available to rent now, or you can watch it in person, hopefully from the 19th of December till Saturday the 16th of January, or you can watch a live streamed production of it on Christmas Eve and on Saturday the 19th of December. All the information is on their website and you can go and check it out there. And I'm sure we're all, well, I definitely am, Adam as well, are gonna be giving it a watch at some point over the festive period. Will do indeed, and uh, it'd be nice to see. It's nice to have been chatting to Tom and seeing some of the pictures that have come out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know how well it's doing, and so, like so some fab reviews coming out for it as well. Absolutely, so I'm glad. I'm glad they've been able to put it on because let's be honest, everybody needed a panto this year, don't Definitely. they? Yeah, and the Playhouse panto is such a staple of Nottingham. 
So it's going to be great to have it back. I, I have a question for you both. Yeah. Pantomime. Just at Christmas? Oh. Now that's interesting because I'm of the view of it should not just be, it can be all year round. I love it all year round, as long as it's not festive. But I live with a family who say it should only be at Christmas because they associate it with Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, there's a lot of like, uh, it's Easter pantomimes, aren't there? I've seen floats around the Easter. Yes. And there's adult pantomimes, things yes. like Cinderella, um, 18 plus pantos that are on all year round and things. So I'd say panto all year round. See, I'm directing a panto at the moment. Mm-hmm. That's supposed to be was supposed to be on at Christmas, mm-hmm. but obviously due to national restrictions, um, we aren't able to perform, and we've managed to get a slot in March. So it's technically going to be an Easter pantomime. Mm. See, I was going to say for me, I think sort of like family pantos. I always think of as sort of like Christmas January, like sort of November to January time, or Easter. I yeah. always think. Really good sort of times for like family ones. Yeah, is it? I was just curious because I know a lot of people are very stalwarty. Like, no, pantomime should be just at Christmas or during the festive period. And other people are like, I mean, I'm of the opinion, panto's panto, put it on whenever yeah. you like. I mean, to be fair, so, uh, sorry, I'll say that I've always seen my panto's at, at Playhouse, seen it every single year, all my uh, all my life. And I always yeah. used to go and see them in sort of mid to late January, towards the yes. end of the run. So yep. uh, it's like, like an end to Christmas. Yeah. Like like so it's so sort of like uh, January 7th and stuff. But then the audiences started getting so small with one year where it was like only half the schools were filled that we went on New Year's Eve. That was brilliant because that was really nice. And then we did Boxing Day last year. And that yeah. was, we moved it a bit earlier. So that, but that was a really nice way to bring Christmas together. But I, don't, yeah. I, say, I think for that, I don't think it's just, just Christmas. Sorry, Luke, you were going to say something. Um, I can't really remember what I was going to say now, but yeah, I just think, I think as long as you don't make it overly festive, you can do it whenever you want something. I think, yeah, for families, like Christmas is usually the big time because everyone's together and things. But I think, you know, if it's not an overly festive one, then I don't see why you can't have it at other times of the year. People still want to be entertained and pantos are always a good way to do it. Exactly. Yeah. And this is, and again, and like you said at the start, they're good ways of getting some money in. Mm. It's companies and for the theatres themselves so yeah it's worth doing yeah it's brilliant do you want to plug your pantomime Adam? yes please I was waiting for you to ask um, yes uh, we are performing Aladdin uh, Aladdin the pantomime as opposed to you know the film um, at the Duchess Theatre in Long Eaton it is in March dates to be confirmed um, but keep an eye out. Um, and we have um, the traditional Chinese-themed Aladdin pantomime. Uh, we have the genie of the ring. We have the genie of the lamp. We have Aladdin, Jasmine. Uh, we have Chinese policemen. Um, we even might, might have a panda. We have Ooh. a panda called Nobby. Nobby the panda. Of course. I know, don't say nothing about it. Um, leave that one well alone. And we have, of course, the evil Abanaza. Um, and uh, it's going ever so well. People, are, We've been rehearsing over the lockdown period online. Um, and it's been great fun, great fun. Uh, some classic tunes that you might know. Um, I'm not going to spoil them. 
Uh, but uh, it's a good chance because obviously people can't uh, sing uh, during, you know, or the audiences can't sing or shout too much. So we are we are doing it socially distanced and we are encouraging people to to dance as much as possible, to clap along and to join in. So we are finding ways to work around it. Um, and who knows, by March, it might all be in vain and we'll be all right. So uh, we'll see how that goes. But uh, but no, compared to tickets now, it's all for charity. It'll go to charity as well. So it's all been done for charity for the Rotary um, to raise money funds for them. Money funds? That's says, yeah. Mm-hmm. Funds, money, cash, donations, moolah, you know, all that stuff. You know, dash, wonga. And hopefully near over time that we can sort something in the podcast and have and um, we can talk about it a lot more when we get closer to March. Yes, absolutely. Where. I may even be able to convince some of the characters to come and talk to us. Oh, that'd be good. That would be good, wouldn't it? So uh that sounds fantastic. Yeah, it's, it's going really well. Yeah. Um, we've got the set, we've got the costumes, uh, we're getting props, so it's all ready to go. We just just need the theatre to put in. So yeah. uh, just got to wait till March now. Fantastic. I can't wait to see that. Thank you. Please come. Please come and see it. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to do a little panther um, podcast road trip cool. out there. We'll bring the whole podcast to you. Yeah. We can come and record some specials out there or something. We can do. We can arrange some stuff. Yeah, that'd be good. Sounds yeah, good. come and see us. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I feel like that is a really nice place to start to wrap up. Uh, we have reached <laughs> oh, the end. Oh, wrap, sorry. Oh, perfect. What a note to end on. We have reached the end of season one of the podcast. Oh. Ah, we're here, we're here. We made it. We no, did. no, it's sadder than that. Everybody all together. Oh. oh. Ten episodes about <laughs> ten and a half, eleven hours. You can see it on his face. That's <laughs> on his face. That vein on the side of his head's popping. I'm surprised you've survived ten episodes. I've it? done ten episodes, and I mean we are signed on to do another ten. Yay! So yes, season two of the Encore Offsets podcast is coming out. Episode one is on Saturday, the seventeenth of January. Woohoo! All platforms and Lucy. Do you fancy joining us full time? I would absolutely love that, Ben. Thank Brilliant. you. Welcome to the team, so, Lucy. Thank you so much. It's been amazing. Thank you for guest hosting this season yeah, here yeah. and there when we've needed you. You've been yes. an amazing cover. You've got, to have a, you've got to have another key for the, the podcast coverage. Yes. Get it locked in again. If we can, so I can lock you two away and bring you out when we need you. No, no. I, there's no room for Lucy in the podcast cupboard. Oh, okay. She's got to have a key so that if I get locked in again, Oh, yeah, so you can, you can un- unlock her. Ben's just sat outside with a cup of tea and just like, get me out the Yeah, it's like two weeks I was in there and he was yeah. like, oh, I'll be, I'll just yeah. oh. <laughs> That's what I was like. What he was like, yeah. yeah, coffee and have Lucy instead. He's just, he's just there in his, his grotto of despair. <laughs> Don't call it that. What a brilliant description. <laughs> yeah, off goes despair <laughs> Um uh, yeah, <laughs> we wanted to say actually just thank you to everyone who's listened, who's shared, who's liked our first season. Uh it's been a really great experience to, to do. and a learning curve, I think, as well. It has. It's been wonderful with. to do. We've had some wonderful guests who yeah. have very kindly come on and and some some lovely questions and some really weird ones as well. Yeah. Um, but also, it's been a wonderful chance to sort of 
get used to the format and realize what we want to do with the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. We have we've got some exciting changes coming. Obviously, we're bringing bring Lucy in full time, so we'll have three voices whoop, whoop. Uh, to bring another another voice to the team. Um, and we are also looking for guests for season two. So if you have something you'd like to plug, or if you'd just like to come on and chat to us about theatre. You can message our um, Encore Off Stage pod uh, socials or you can just send us an email or just message one of us and we will put you in one of our slots. We now have nine slots to fill. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, and we'll be recording that in early January. So please, yeah, get mm-hmm. in touch. Yes, please. We'll sort something. Remember, like Ben just said, if you've got something to plug, you want something to say, if you've got something that we've got a discussion about and you want to contribute, by all means, just get in touch and we would love to hear from you. Absolutely. If you've got any questions or any topics, same thing again, just get in touch with all of us. We're if you all... want to pay us some money um, and you want to just, you've got a load of money that you don't want anymore, we'll happily take it off your hands. We will. We'll happily take it off your hands to get some microphones so we can actually be we will. properly. Yeah, we'll, or we'll, we'll just clean it and, you know, just look after it for a bit yeah. uh, in a bank account um, and just, yeah. So whatever, or you know, you just want to send presents. We we we'll happily accept gifts as well. Laura in his cupboard. Yeah, yeah. I need stuff for the cupboard. Just to, I need like a mirror, or or you know, a floor, anything like that would help. Some walls, uh, some soundproofing. Yeah. Yeah, soundproofing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Extra extra safe lock for the outside, <laughs> so Ben can lock me in. Yeah, all that sort of stuff. Uh, please send us everything you you fancy. Um. But yes, we are we are at the end. We filled a good hour and fifteen. So this is a little bit of an extra special long season finale. Yeah. Uh, thank you again for everybody who's listening. And Adam, I am gonna for Christmas the Christmas period, as we're all feeling very festive, I am not going to lock you away for Christmas. You can be Yay! free. Be thank free until you. until early January, in which we'll lock you back does, in again. Does that mean I get to eat this week? It, I I think so. Lucy, shall we see you? You won't have to have scraps pushed under the door. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, yeah. I just get the yeah. little bits and the detritus. Yeah. Little bits of kibble. <laughs> little bits and pieces. Oh, God, what have I found up to <laughs> Lucy, what have you got involved with? What have you, you can regret this from the start of season two, I tell you that much. Yeah, absolutely. Well, again, thank you both of you for joining me on this on this little journey. So All right, sounds good. Great to have you on. Um, I'm going to now take this off because I'm really hot. And we will all, all three of us. Surprised that you've kept it on as long as you have. I know, I have done. Um, oh, and we need to shout out Jack as well. Jack, we've got to shout you out because Jack, Jack. is our um, editor who does oh, our yeah. YouTube and our audio and all that nice stuff. Um, we both edit it together. He does all the clever stuff. Yes, well so done, Jack. You're buzzing. Well done, mate. Um, helping us out to do that because we, we, I, I could not have it without you because there wouldn't be a podcast because I don't know what I'm doing. Um, don't say it too much. You won't want paying. No. Well, no <laughs> But yes, thank you both you for joining me this season, and we'll see everybody. Will you and you'll hear us again Saturday, the seventeenth of January. Mark it in your diary. Sunday, seventeenth of January. Marketing yes. diaries, and we'll and all be back. Have a lovely Christmas, Hanukkah, holiday period, whatever you're celebrating. Just a happy Friday. Happy Friday. Yeah. yeah. Happy Happy December. Uh, and have a wonderful good, New Year. Good New Year. Let's be honest, it can't be any worse than this one. 
So, uh, and let and I'm going to say it now. If anybody puts, if any, you're one of those people that puts those year in review statuses on your social media, I will come to your house and I will keep knocking on the door to keep you awake all night because don't do it. Nobody likes them, and you don't need to do one this year because everybody's had exactly the same year. Yeah. So enjoy yourselves. Have a lovely Christmas period. We all deserve it. Yeah. So uh, stay safe as well. Stay safe. Remember, keep two meters apart, and don't touch anything. Don't go licking doorknobs um, or anything like that, because that's the advice. I, that's our official advice. Don't yeah. go licking doorknobs. Keep apart. <laughs> don't lick a doorknob. There we go. There we go. All right, can we finish now? There we go. Good. On that note, <laughs> keep a look out on our social media. If you've got some exciting updates for me over Christmas, we're going to have some new things coming out here and there. Thank you so much for watching, listening, sharing, asking questions, sending us messages. We'll see you all in the new year. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Encore Offstage podcast. If you fancy, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Encore Offstage Pod. We also have a YouTube channel where we upload a video version of this podcast, and that's also at the Encore Offstage podcast. Remember, if you enjoyed the show, don't forget to leave us a rating or review on your podcast app of choice. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll both be back. The Encore Offstage podcast is produced by Ben Bradley and Adam Guest. It is edited by Jack Spores and Ben Bradley.